Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hello and welcome to Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, NWSL broadcaster and analyst for CBS Sports. On today's episode, we have a news and notes episode for you all. Before we get into that, a quick reminder to follow us on Twitter for all news and updates at Attacking Third. And you can watch us as video too at youtube.com slash attacking third. Be sure to subscribe so that you never miss out on our exclusive interviews or whenever we go live. We're fresh off of an NWSL Challenge Cup weekend. We did the recap for everyone. Now we're going to chat about some news and notes around the league. I'm going to do it with you, Lisa. How are you doing today? I'm good. I mean, yeah, as you mentioned, it's kind of like the hangover from the first weekend of games, Um, catching up on sleep a little bit over these last few days, uh, preparing for more games next weekend because the wheel keeps on spinning. But it's good. I'm doing pretty well. Having a good time over here. We're back in season. How are you? We are back in season. I'm I'm good. I'm hyped. Anytime there's like an active week, you know, or active month or active anything for like women's soccer, I'm I'm here for it. Uh, I'm excited to chat a little bit about not just NWSL, right? We're going to touch on some other things happening globally. Uh, if you missed any of the Challenge Cup matches that we're about to chat a, a little bit about once more, we're going to hit up uh, some power rankings for you all. Maybe talk a little bit about where we see people shaking out or teams shaking out. Um, you know, over the course of the last match or so, but you can catch up on all the games like you can watch them live or on demand on Paramount Plus. But before we get into our NWSL power rankings, we want to get into some global soccer first. UWSL is back. Uh, the quarterfinal round is going to kick off this month. It's actually might have kicked off already, depending on the time of you listening to this episode. The quarterfinal first legs are starting, they're going to be uh, taking place on Tuesday with the second legs uh, going ahead uh, on the weekend, the week of March 30th. So Tuesday and Wednesday this week, you could check out all the matches. It's Bayern versus PSG, Real Madrid versus Barcelona, Juventus versus Lyon, and Arsenal versus Wolfsburg. you got some heavy hitters in the house for this final eight. I don't know. I think there's a lot of these matches that maybe could be a little more even than people might think, depending on, uh, you know, the roster, the personnel who are on paper in this one, right? I think people maybe are looking at something like a real Madrid versus Barcelona and kind of looking at the history of those two clubs, right? Uh, this isn't the first time that they have gone head to head. This is a historic uh, UWCL uh, matchup between them. So now there is a, a women's version of an El Clasico in the Champions League. There have been multiple times for their men's franchises, right, that have gone head to head within the Champions League. But this is going to be the first time for these two clubs. But in terms of their head to head in the league, 
that's going to Barcelona. They've got yeah. her, not just Real Madrid's number, but like literally everyone's number. They clinched the, the league title, right, with like six games remaining. So I think maybe with this one, folks are maybe taking a look and saying, okay, Barca's going to run away with this one. But I think for maybe like Bayern PSG or Arsenal Wolfsburg, there's uh, maybe some even play uh, in that. Yeah. Maybe a little, a little harder to predict the outcomes. Yeah, I mean, these all of these clubs are really well established and well decorated. Four of these eight have already won the the title at some point. Uh, Leon, what they've won it seven times. I believe that's insane. Um, but on the other side of that, Juventus and Real Madrid, they've never even reached the semifinals. So PSG still searching for the title. Like there's a lot of things that are up and down, but I think that El Clasico is a big storyline that you and I have talked a lot, a lot about because it's a pretty big deal to have Real Madrid and Barcelona facing in the UWCL. I mean, this is big. It's back though. Quarterfinals. Let's go. We'll see what happens. If you're listening to this as the episode drops on Wednesday, March 23rd, there's some uh, matches for you to check on out. So go and yeah. uh, check them out. I believe that they are, can be found on the DAZN YouTube channel for, for American audiences. So if you're looking for the match stateside, you could probably find them on YouTube. And then uh, we'll be back to maybe uh, recap these a little bit, go over the results with you all as well in a, in a future episode. But let's hop back into NWSL action we did the recap for everyone we went over six matches that took place right we had the introduction of the california expansion teams in angel city fc and san diego way we had some other fun rivalry matches kicking off uh in ol rain and portland thorns we had a couple wins right we had some teams that earned a couple losses ton of draws as well right we had we had some we had some fun going over the recap so also uh, check that episode out and you, if you need to get caught up on match day one action in challenge cup but we thought it would be a good idea to go ahead and go through our NWSL Challenge Cup power rankings. We've been going through these a little bit. We did some power rankings really, really early on for the general season back in December of 2021. And uh, it was fun to do those because they were a little maybe all over the place, right? Because we were doing them ahead of a transfer window. We were doing them ahead of like a lot of major moves being announced or being made. You can also find power rankings weekly at cbssports.com and take a look at some rankings and where teams are fluctuating after match weeks happen uh, with a little bit of analysis and whipped up in there as well. Let's go through our previous uh, rankings and then we'll go through the new rankings. Lisa, you want to hit us with what we had going into Challenge Cup? I do. I'm going to start at the bottom. So we'll start with 12 teams in, in the league. Number 12, we had Orlando Pride. 11th, Racing Louisville. 10, San Diego Wave FC. Number nine, Angel City. Eight, North Carolina Courage. Seven, Chicago Red Stars. Six, Houston. Five, Kansas City Current. Old expansion club moving up the ranks. Four, New Jersey, New York. Gotham FC. Third, Portland Thorns. Second, OL Reign. And reigning champs as number one in Washington Spirit. That's what we put out in December. So this is before a lot of the moves were made, before a lot of the transfers were happening um even before i believe the expansion draft that happened we put out these initial rankings kind of looking at rosters and what could have come and it's very interesting because our new power rankings after week one of challenge cup very different from this very different because now we got a chance a taste of what these teams are bringing this year um and some of it's a little surprising especially washington 
ranked as number one as the yep. reigning NWSL champions. Uh, not so much anymore. Yeah, it's funny what happens after like a week of matches take place and you go back into your power rankings and have to dig up your Google Doc and have to rearrange everything. Or is that just me having to write them up on CBS Sports? Because let me tell you, that's exactly what happened to me when I was like watching the matches take place. That was something lingering in the back of my head. It was like moving in my brain. I was like, well, this team's going to be here. This team's going to be there. I mean, maybe just to throw out some talking points a little bit. I mean, it was, uh, we went with some of the obvious, you know, narratives around the team, right? For example, in a team with Washington spirit, uh, they're the reigning 2021 NWSL championships. They're a team that retained a large amount of their previous championship roster. Everything about that, right? Sort of signals like, Hey, this is the team with the target on their back keeping them at number one versus maybe a team. If we're looking at the bottom of this ranking at Orlando pride, going through a massive rebuild, making uh, introducing a number of new faces, right? Not just on the player side, but the, the head coaching side as well with Amanda Cromwell. And there's just a lot there that signal like, hey, this is going to be a, maybe a little bit of a journey, a little bit of a process, right, for Orlando Pride. And that's something like that where we're going to put them uh, toward towards the bottom. But then when we have matches come into play, it sort of shakes things out a little bit differently. Let's go through these new rankings. I'm going to rattle them off from everyone. I'm going to do like Lisa did too. I'm going to start... At the bottom, we'll start with number 12. So this is where the power rankings lie this week. At number 12, we've got Gotham FC. At number 11, we've got Houston Dash. Number 10, Orlando Pride. Number 9, Washington Spirit. At number 8, Racing Louisville FC. At number 7, Kansas City Current. At number 6, San Diego Wave FC. At number 5, Angel City at number four, Portland Thorns. At number three, OL Rain. At number two, Chicago Red Stars. And at number one, North Carolina Courage. Lisa, I got to tell you, when I had to sit there and rattle these off and be able to file them for the public, right, to go ahead and, and take a look at and see, I, I, there were a number of things that I was looking at for teams over the weekend because something that we started this segment out with, right, when I was chatting a little bit about it and introducing it, was that there were a lot of draws that took place yeah. this week. So maybe some some teams that kind of would be nestled in the middle, but like how they would be ranked, right? When we're looking at our new rankings for this week, is there anything that you're looking at that stands out? Anything that you disagree with on, on my end or maybe that you would shift around a little bit? Yeah, I think uh, these are pretty good. It's it's definitely hard. And obviously with results, only two teams walking away with three points and getting a win in North Carolina Courage and Chicago. They're at the top of these power rankings. I actually was um, very impressed with North Carolina and what they pulled out. So they are well deserving of that number one power ranking spot. I think Chicago although they got the win, there was definitely some hiccups. So number two there based on like the two teams that got a win. I like how that shook out. Yeah. Um, and then when you, as you mentioned, you look at all of the ties that happened. Yeah. Um, of course, Gotham and Houston, they were on the losing end of the North Carolina Chicago matches. So they are at the bottom of the table. And I, I really wasn't that impressed with what we saw from Gotham. I think Houston had pieces there to build a puzzle and maybe if they snuck away with the tie, they would have been a lot higher 
in this power rankings, but the fact that they lost three to one to Chicago, it was almost like Chicago looked a lot better than them, but also Houston fell apart at moments. So definitely deserving of that 11th power ranking spot. And then all the rest in the middle, a bunch of draws across the board here for them. There is some that I think OL Reign, well-deserving of that number three spot. They played a very good game. They are very talented group of individuals that can come together and play as a group. But between Angel City and San Diego, number five, you have Angel City and then San Diego at number six in these rankings. I would argue that San Diego is actually better than Angel City FC. Um, The game was a little bit mismatched, I'm going to say, or it was, it was lopsided all over the place because of player personnel. It was their first time playing. And as the game went on, I think we saw greater progression from San Diego wave in how they kept the ball, how they passed, how they broke down Angel City, whereas Angel City, they started hotter than San Diego, but they did not improve as much as San Diego did. So if we're looking at like a, a graphic chart, which I'm a pretty visual person, Angel City starts higher than San Diego Wave, but as the game goes on, I think San Diego Wave ends higher than Angel City. So because of that and looking at the rest of the Challenge Cup to come, I'd put San Diego higher because they got better throughout 90 minutes and they didn't even have all of their power on the field at one point. Can you imagine when they do? I respect it. That's one that I would argue about. Yeah, I think that's a I think that's a totally fair statement to make. I think when we're coming off of a weekend like we just had when there were a number of draws over the six matches, when you're getting into that sort of five through eight, five through nine kind of ranking, you're can make a case, right, for anyone to be maybe a little higher, maybe a, bit, a little lower. That's a fun thing when it comes to to power rankings, right? I put San Diego Wave at six, you know, putting them right under Angel City because I, I think that was kind of a toss-up for me, right? It was a, a pretty entertaining game, and I think we can mm-hmm. both agree that, especially during that first half, it was very much like a just get out there and run yeah. kind of vibe. Like everything was like, what's a midfield? Like what's going on? Like who, who cares? It doesn't exist. Like, let's go. Right. But I think like going back and taking a deeper dive into the numbers of the match, right. Kind of you make that comparison right to your eye test. Right. We all saw from these two teams. We all had a lot of fun watching the game. Right. And sort of seeing these two new teams come together, come to life out on the pitch. But seeing how active the wave were right yeah. in those moments in the final third and to just only walk away with a goal. I was like, Oh gosh, that's a bummer. And a lot of the arguments are going to be made for all 12 of these teams. Right. Yeah. Uh, in terms of like, Hey, it's, it's match day one, you know, we're coming right out of preseason. There's going to be some things that we got to clean up. Right. Of and course. we understand that, but it's also our job to talk about the opportunities that were missed. Of course. And, and we're looking at it and we're and you're talking about uh, being so active in the final third, recording 23 crosses right over the course yeah. of the match and just really only walking away with the, with the one goal that ends up coming off of a, a set piece, you know, mm-hmm. of all things. It took it took a, a moment of being settled for this team to finally kind of find, uh, you know, the, the, the breakthrough a, a little bit. So yeah. uh, I, I just I, it was for that argument. I was like, you know what, I'm going to like put them at six because I just would have liked to have maybe seen one of these teams walk away or like steal or sneak a win. And when you're just sort of seeing all of that activity and not the, the final punch, right. I just, I just had to pump them a little lower. 
I understand. I like the case for your argument. I still put San Diego at five. I also, the other draw that we saw between Washington and Orlando and, and for my power rankings right now, I'm looking at the games that they were, they just played. Hence my argument for San Diego. They got better throughout the match. The last 10 minutes, they were way better than Angel City, all of that. So between Washington and Orlando, Washington Spirit, who we originally dubbed as number one and Orlando at number 12, literally the top of our power rankings and the bottom of our power rankings faced off. And it was not a 1v12 game. That is not at all what we saw. I was a little disappointed in what we did not get from Washington Spirit in their cohesiveness of having the same starting lineup that they had in the second half of the championship, it did not look like that. They weren't on the same page. It was a lot of individual talent and individual skill that didn't work together. Whereas Orlando, maybe not as talented individuals comparatively to Washington Spirit, but Washington worked a lot better together. Defensively, I was very, very impressed with Erin McLeod and, and what she did in goal for Orlando Pride. Phenomenal game for them. So because of that, I would have put Orlando higher than Washington on these power rankings, Orlando at number nine and Washington at number 10, just because I think Orlando outplayed them coming in a scoreless draw against the reigning NWSL champions. I think that's pretty good considering you finished as bottom of the table, second to last in that year in the, in year 2021 was Orlando pride. So because of that, I'd put them higher um, in that matchup. I think Orlando outplayed them. Now, as the power rankings go, I think Washington will figure it out. And later yeah. down, Orlando still might struggle a little bit. But based on week one in the Challenge Cup, Orlando outplayed and outperformed Washington in my book. Yeah, I hear that. I don't I don't think that's unfair at all. I mean, doing the, the flip on that. I had Washington Spirit at number nine. And I think maybe the the argument that I used was um, you know, the combined total shots on goal to give them, you know, the higher ranking. But maybe like you're convincing me, maybe I should have put it <laughs> at number ten because of that, because they, they just sort of just we, we saw it and we talked about it on the recap a little bit. They just got I didn't have any answers, right, for the physical yeah. play that they were receiving from Orlando Prize yeah. then, right? Um, and the fact that you had an attacking core that consists of, you know, Ashley Hatch, Ashley Sanchez, Trinity Rodman, Tara McCann, I'm going to, I'm going to include her in that mm-hmm. as well. Right. They combine these four players combined for a total four shots on goal in a scoreless draw. You know, if anything screams like first game out of preseason, like maybe it was this one. Yeah. Right. So maybe that is an argument where it's like, you know, maybe we could do it, but I don't know. I just, I just want to see a little bit more from Orlando. I just don't think something like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a physical choppy first game, you know, can be a substitute for, for tactics to, to eventually, you know, be, be the end all be all for, for, you know, whether they get a result or, or not. It was a choppy first game though, which is why I think I knew of all the draws that they were going to be, these two teams were going to be somewhere in my nine or 10 ranking yes. just because of the scoreless draw and just because of the very physical game it was uh, before we, I have one more question or one more point to make about Washington and Orlando. If you go in blind and you watch that first match between them. Um, I think Orlando outplayed them in areas of the pitch. However, going in with all of the information that we have on these teams, because you and I are pretty well informed about the clubs, the personnel, the years that they've had before and the history of these clubs, thinking that Washington was maybe going to come out and win this match against Orlando. And the fact that they didn't, that's another reason that I would have flipped them because 
I I had Washington winning this one against Orlando and the fact that they got a scoreless draw uh, that proved to me that Orlando was the better team in that one. Just looking at all of the factors coming into it. I like it. Keep that energy because I want to ask you one more about these power rankings before we transition out of them. We talked about the top of the table a little bit like, hey, there were two teams that got wins this weekend. They're going to go one or two automatically based on their play. We talked a little bit about some teams that walked away with draws this weekend and talked about the middle kind of portion of this power rankings table. But I want to ask you about these bottom two teams, the two teams that walked away with losses in Houston Dash and New Jersey, New York, Gotham FC. We got them at 11 and 12, right? So for myself, it was kind of just an easy way to sort of go back and look at their games and know that these two teams are going to end up in the bottom of these power rankings. They're the only two teams that weren't able to walk away without a result from the weekend. But in terms of form, right, Gotham FC got placed at number 12 for me because not only are they the only team to to fail to record yeah. a result, they failed to record a goal uh, in in uh, in this first weekend of matches. So when you're looking at 11 and 12, what are some of some, some things that you want to see out of these two teams moving forward, maybe try to jump back up into the power rankings? I agree 100%. Gotham didn't get a goal. They deserve to be at the bottom. It's also almost a similar argument with Washington Spirit. They have a lot of firepower up top that has played together before at Gotham. So because of that, they should have been able to combine and do something. Whereas Houston, they had some new faces coming in there. Um, they had Maria Sanchez coming in and just different personnel all over the pitch, a lot of rookies as well. So for Houston and Gotham, I think uh, Gotham, in order to jump the power rankings and get higher on this one, they have to score goals and, and get shots and get opportunities, which is what we did not see. So it starts on that end of it. I think defensively, um, Gotham will be okay. Uh, they have Ali and Ashlyn Harris and Ali Krieger in the back line. They have Mandy Friedman. They have Monty Dorsey. They have Caprice Didasco. They have a solid defense. They need to score goals, though. You cannot rely on your defense to get shutouts if you're not putting up any goals on the board. Um, for Houston, I don't think they have that problem as much. I think defensively, they they broke down and they had mental lapses against Chicago in that match and against Mallory Pugh, to be frank, in that match. Um, but other than that, I think defensively, Houston is going to be okay. They're they're fine. And attacking-wise, they can score goals. We saw that. I think that Alyssa Nair had a really good game in goal for Chicago against Houston. And Rachel Daly could have had one or two of the shots that she took. Um, so for Houston, I think they have to be more on the same page the entire match. They can't try one thing and then switch to another, find something that works, stick with it and continue to do that. They were flopping all over the place with Chicago and let Chicago dictate that match. And for Gotham, they have to score. They have to get on the board. They have to get multiple goals and not rely on their defense to win them games. I like it. I love it. Let us know if you agree or disagree with the yeah. power rankings that we've listed. We always like to to open things up, right, and sort of hear feedback from our awesome audience and listeners. Before we close out this episode, we're going to reintroduce the mailbag. Shout out to the mailbag segment, DJ Horns. Like, it's been a little while. <laughs> a little while. We said we were going to uh, go ahead and bring back the mailbag segment in 2022. We had a earlier episode this year where we did a lengthier mailbag episode. And now we want to uh, go ahead and answer a question. If you are unfamiliar with our mailbag segment, uh, Lisa and I try to do these where we 
get a question from one of you, our amazing listeners, and go ahead and, and answer it, right? And it has we have answered questions uh, that range anywhere from topics within the NWSL, uh, topics within uh, the United States Women's National Team, uh, international soccer in general, and we we love to to hear from our, our audiences always. Uh, the way you try to get your question answered as part of our mailbag segment is you have to go to Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star rating, and your review has to uh, have a question within it. Uh, and if you go ahead and do that, we filter through the questions and try to include them through our mailbag segment. So for today's mailbag segment, we're taking a question from LAZ43 or Laz43. I don't want to disrespect the username. Shout out to you for your question. You asked a question for you inspired by the latest episode. There are 12 teams in the league this season. So if you had to build a starting 11 using only one player from each team, allowing for one extra defender or goalie because we love defense, uh, what would that look like for each of you? Thanks. I can't wait to hear the line. I love this question. I love that they threw in parentheses that they know how much we love defense. <laughs> um, anytime we get a chance to maybe go uh, back and forth and talk a little bit about, uh, you know, who we're choosing and why is always fun here for us. So, Lisa, as my co-host, I got to give it to you. Let me let me know. Who, who are you thinking of, of all the 12 teams? And, and you get an extra goalie and an extra defender. If you I, lo- I love that we got extra defensive players on this one. Um, so, Laz43, I took this question to heart. I had a note card out. I was looking at rosters. I was getting it all down um, because I like to win competitions like this and it's always (laughs) a competition. So I'm looking to win my starting lineup. Um, This was really tricky. There was definitely players and teams that I kept coming back to. Which one do I want to choose? I think all rain was that that was a really tough team to pick. It, I, I had to do them last because of that. And also Washington Spirit. I had to do them last oh, because I wanted to make sure that I could pick the right personnel for the lineup and the formation and the starting 11 that I had. I tell you, I take these things seriously. There's just so many good players. It's tough. So many good players. Okay, so I'm going to go team by team. I can give you a lineup as well because I am just as crazy and wrote out a little formation for myself. But Washington Spirit, I'm going Sam Staub. Right. Center back, I love her. Uh, Orlando Pride, Sydney LaRue, Portland okay. Thorns, Kelly Hubley, defender, Chicago, Aaron Wright, defender, Houston, Maria Sanchez, Kansas City, Sam Mewis, San Diego Wave, Kaylin Sheridan, goalkeeper, Angel City, Savannah McCaskill, OL Rain, Sophia Huerta, Racing Louisville, Emily Fox. North Carolina, Denise O'Sullivan, and Gotham, Margaret Midge Purse. So I have Sheridan in goal. I'm going to do Huerta, Staub, Wright, and Fox. I'm going to put Wright in the middle, I think. I'm going to do O'Sullivan, Mewis, McCaskill, and then LaRue up top along with Sanchez. I love it. I have that right. And Purse up top. I'm sorry. So it's LaRue, Sanchez, and Purse up top. That is my starting 11 that I had. I told you this was really, really tough for me. There was, I have to say this. When I first read this, I was like, yes, we get technically six defensive players. And I knew immediately I was going Kaylin Sheridan, even though that took off every single other player from San Diego Wave. And they have some really, really good players. I didn't care. I think Kaylin Sheridan is doing a fantastic job right now. I love it. I uh, I love it. And I'm, I'm smiling ear to ear because we actually didn't 
we did not like share these with each other. No, we did not. We hopped on the mic. I just uh, asked I, her if she did it. I just said, Sandra, did you get yes. the rundown? Did you create a lineup? And yep. that's it. And then we stopped the conversation. So this is a surprise for both of us. Well, I love it because listening to you, I'm like, of course, there are players that we actually choose mutually, but I didn't go like super in order. I tried to start alphabetically and then I just started rattling off. Teams, <laughs> so. uh, I'm going to start with Angel City. I'm absolutely going with Kristen Press in this one as, as a forward for Chicago Red Stars. We didn't see her this weekend, uh, but I'm actually going to go with Morgan Gatra. I would like to have a midfielder in my team like Morgan Gatra. Houston Dash going with Maria Sanchez. Uh, Kansas City Current going with... Sam Mewis, Racing Louisville. I'm going with Emily Fox um, from The Wave. I'm also going with <laughs> Sheridan <laughs> as well for my goalkeeper uh, for the Spirit, going with Andy Sullivan for the Pride. I'm also going with a veteran, but I'm going with Martha out of Gotham FC. I'm choosing Didasco. Uh, North Carolina Courage for my center back, going with Abby Ursag. The rain, it was so, so difficult to decide who to go with um, in this one, but I'm going to be going with Joe. Fishlock for the rain uh, and the thorns. I'm going defensive as well. I'm going to go with Emily Menges for my extra goalkeeper and defender. Uh, goalkeeper, I'm going with Casey Murphy out of North Carolina Courage. Uh, and uh, because I, it was so tough to choose players from all rain, I tapped in there again for an extra defender, and I'm going with Sofia Huerta uh, out of out of the rain. So, so I took those roles differently. I took one from each club, and then what is fine, Sandra? It's fine. We're playing different games here. <laughs> so okay. We're a competitive person over here. I just have to make sure we're getting this straight. Listen. Um, we, we did have a lot of the same people. I kind of liked that. We both had uh, Maria Sanchez, Sam Mewis, Kaylin Sheridan, and Emily Fox. Yeah, they're good players. Yeah, they're great <laughs> players. I loved it. Uh, yeah, I think if I had to throw them uh, in a formation, I'd, I'd have Sheridan as as my my goalkeeper and. Uh, mm-hmm to start and i think i'd have oh, that's so tough though it's so weird I, like i'm already mad at myself already i'm not doing it i'm not putting it in a formation you only asked me for 11 and i gave you the 11 with the extra uh with the extra gk and the defender so uh i love it we love hearing these types of questions uh from folks and uh we hope you enjoyed the answer again if you like the mailbag segment and you would like to ask a, a question and have that included on our mailbag segment and get a little shout out. You just got to go to Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star rating and review, and Lisa and I will do our best to try to answer it, even in our uber-competitive uh, mindset, trying to do that. Uh, I, lo- I love I- – and you know what? If we get another question like this, similar to this in the future, I love that we didn't, like, kind of – Me too. Talk about it. For- I like reacting to it live on the show. Everybody, thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. You can follow us on Twitter at Attacking Third for more. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you listen to your podcast show. Leave us a five-star review on Spotify. You can do that now. And again, if you have any questions for us, you can leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts with the question, and we'll answer it. We're also available as video. Subscribe to us at youtube.com slash Attacking Third. And we'll be back on Friday with an NWSL Challenge Cup Week 2 preview. You can watch Week 1 highlights on Attacking Third YouTube, and you can catch all games on Paramount+. Plus. For Sandra Reda and Lisa Roman, this was Attacking Third.